0: Oh yeah, here I am. The original HBIC, Katie motherfucking Boyd. And on today's installment of the Impitches podcast, we have my good friend, Kalen Rain. He is pretty dope. I'm not going to lie. He's pretty fucking awesome. And since working with him and healing my land, and using all of the tools and rituals that he has taught me and we continue to do together, I have not only taken my life to the next level and healed the land that I live on, but also have doubled my income in one year just by working with him. And he is one of the most interesting people I have ever met in my entire life. And I don't say that lightly. And today we're gonna to be talking all about who Kalen is, what he does, how long he's been doing it. And we're going to get into some stuff that probably is going to blow your socks off because it's things that you've never heard about in your life, like Caballarian cycles and all these different number patterns, which he's a genius with. And we're also going to be talking about labyrinth, labyrinth work and land healing and forest bathing and all kinds of really cool stuff. So, Kaylin, thanks for being here on the Ambitious Podcast.
1: Thank you for having me. And, so, do you know that you have a little bit of fun?
0: Do you know that you're, um, other than my husband, you're the only man that's ever been on the Ambitious Podcast? How do you feel about that?
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, That's okay. I, my doctor of ministry degrees from uh, Wisdom University and Probably 95% of our students were women, and one class I had in uh, Oakland, there were 23 women and me that took the class. And when I walked in that morning, everybody just looked, and I said, I'm here to answer the question, where are all the great men? (laughs) So (laughs) true. Where are all the great men? So I'm used to— Being around the lady folk? Just being around women just because the the university— tended to gravitate toward the female, yes. female side of the equation.
0: So you So you're used to this. It's not going to scare you.
1: No, nothing <laughs> scares me. <laughs> that makes
0: me so happy. So I want you to tell the listeners from all across the globe a little bit about you, because honestly, it would take us 10 years to go through all of your accolades because you've been doing this for so long. And what you do is so niche that a lot of people don't even know about it. They've never heard about it. And if they have, they don't understand it. So... Tell everybody about what you're doing.
1: Um, I started dowsing, which is uh, a way to quantify energetics uh, using your database of your own body. And uh, I grew up in Eastern Kentucky, which uh, a lot of people forget that the indigenous people actually lived in Eastern Kentucky. When, When someone says they're from Kentucky, And I say, where from? And they say, Louisville. I say, no, you're not from Kentucky. You're from Louisville. Yes. Because that doesn't count. And I started dowsing when I was four years old, and I'm 74. Wow. And uh, my father and my six uncles and my grandfather were all in the Masonic Lodge. My mother, my six aunts, and my grandmother were all in Eastern Star, which is sort of the female variant. And that stuff was all around me. As a child. And growing up in eastern Kentucky, I spent a lot of time in caves, which got me into the earth energies because I spent a lot of time just walking down into a cave and just sitting there and meditating. So cool. Uh, and you a, just did that just like intuitively? I, I just was called to go into the caves, which was interesting because I, I eventually ended up on the side of a mountain in Parping, Nepal. And Toko Urjun Rinpoche had just come out of his seventh three-year cave meditation oh my God. where he would sit against a wall for yes. three years and then come out and deliver his teaching. And yes. I was fortunate to be there for his last teaching. That's incredible. Because you can, being down in the earth and in the ground, you can learn a lot of things. So wherever we live, uh, when we before we purchase a home, I have to make sure it has a walkout basement of some kind so that my setup with my sacred room which you're going to see this weekend. I'm so excited. It's in the earth, so that when I do my altars and everything, and send out whatever I'm sending out, I'm sending it out from a room that's embedded in the earth. Yes, uh, it doesn't work to be in a penthouse apartment and do some <laughs> of the weird work I do. Right. So,
0: if you had to describe like who you are in a nutshell, name all the things you are. So,
1: you're a doctor, uh, doctor, uh, Reverend Doctor, because my degree is a Doctor of Ministry degree. Yes, and then I'm. Uh, uh, advanced labyrinth facilitator and a master labyrinth builder. So, I built labyrinths around the world, and I have like uh, sacred geometry. I've got certifications in eight different sections of sacred geometry, and druid geomancy, and earth alchemy, and on and on and on. It's incredible uh, with all the Reiki master and four lineages, yes, and um. Uh, It's all based on math. So I I tend to get caught up in the math of everything because uh, I was told early on by somebody that you can't fake the numbers. That's right. (laughs) The numbers are that. So it was interesting. Uh, One of the women that just passed away, uh, Mrs. Johnson, when NASA switched to computers, you can uh, read the story about the the numbers with her and everything. They would have her check the numbers, and uh, some of the astronauts said, I'm not getting on that rocket unless (laughs) she has checked the numbers. So everybody has this ability to work with numbers, and your life is sort of controlled by certain numerological things, which are different than what people think of when they say numerology. Yes. And I think it's important that everybody know where they are in Caballarian cycles and where they are on the sacred number cycle uh, to know when they have more energy available to them yes, and uh, where they are on their nine-year journey on the Caballarian cycle so they can know when they're supposed to be setting things up and when they're supposed to be reaping what they've sowed. Right.
0: So before we get into that, let's talk a little bit to the listeners out there about how you and I started working together and kind of what the process is when you first start working with someone that reaches out to you and they say, hey, I, wanna, I want what you're given. So so let's talk. Obviously, I've experienced it firsthand, but I want
1: the people to know out there how it how it starts. Yeah, the first thing is you, is usually the Cabalarian cycle to figure out where you are. Um, you know, you'll, you'll eventually they'll hear from Jenny, the feng shui person, part of this equation, who's also his wife, and she's yeah. Lovely. But we need to know we need to know when we go to a home, everybody in the home where they are, and sometimes. Uh, People will call and say, I'm having trouble. My husband and I are having trouble. We're thinking about splitting up. Yes. We just don't, you know, don't know what to do. And then I say, well, give me your numbers. And I found out that the, we find out that the husband is in the ninth year of a nine-year cycle. Oh, yeah. And he's just trying to finish up what he started nine years ago. Which I'm in a nine-year. Yeah. I'm in my nine. And then the spouse is in the first year of a Oof. nine-year cycle, and they're ready to jump and go and start something totally new. Yes, And the reason they're at uh, loggerheads, for lack of a better word, is because one person is ready to go, and the other person is finishing up. And if they just need to realize where they're at, because the following year, the husband will be in the first year of a nine-year cycle, and the spouse will be in the second year, and the one and two are a better place to be than nine and one. It's so interesting. Because both people are now looking toward the future. And
0: when people find out, like, what their Caballarian numbers are and, like, where they are in the cycle, do you feel like it just instantly helps them? Because they're like, oh, this is why we're fucked up and we're fighting all the time and
1: I want a divorce. Yeah, and the other other question thing is, is I could I can backtrack the nine years and say this was when you started this cycle. This is when you started this cycle. This is when you started this nine year cycle. Yes. And when we look back at their ages when they started, they'll go, "Wow, that's when I, you know, graduated from college. Wow, that's when I met my husband. Wow, that's when I decided that my job was a total nightmare. Right. And I decided to just blow it off and Mm -hmm. try something totally new. Yes. And then it becomes apparent to them that you know that nine year cycle works on you whether you know it or not. Yes. <clears throat> so it's better off to know it and take advantage of it because that's when the energy is available.
0: Yes. So I started working t- with Kalen and Ginny probably about four, five years ago, Yep. I'd say. You were
1: right in the middle of the nine years. Yes,
0: I was. I w- and I was being tested. And we're going to get to that yes. in a little bit. I was yep. being tested. Matt was obviously a little bit behind me and he was just starting something new. Yep. So we were having some issues and I really just I loved my home so much, but the land was so whacked out. Um, we live on this very high hill. It's it's a very, I, mean, I know why people didn't buy this house, because they're like, if I have little kids, the kids are going to go flying off the front of the lawn and yep. roll down into the street, you know. So it was kind of like fu- a funky energy. And I googled spiritual landscape architects, and I found you, and you came out with Ginny, you did my Caballerian cycle for Matt and I, and then you found all of the power points on our land, how many voices the land had, right? Am, yes. I, am I talking shit? Am I falling? No, it? that's it. Okay.
1: <laughs> you <majored laughs> the- yeah, you measure the hertz to determine how many voices there are on the land.
0: Yes. And then when you went in and you did all the work, and we can get into that in a little bit, it totally shifted the energy of our land, our home. I figured out where I was in my Cavalier cycle. Matt figured out where he was. And within a year from doing all that work with you and then having the landscapers come and architects and fix everything, we in one year doubled our income. And Matt and I do very well. But to say that, and that's the only thing that we changed out of anything in our lives, we just worked with you guys and did the work and listened to you. And we doubled our income and we became just more happy in our relationship and just better together
1: yeah yeah the land the land is here to support you if you'll just acknowledge it that it's here. yes. I mean, uh, if you live in a home for thirty years, you can either live in a home for thirty years and ignore everything around you on your landscape. yes and and the trees around you and the stones around you. But they've been there forever, and they know the land. So yes. that's why determining the genesis point on the property, to know that one point where all the information is coming in, and to build a little altar around it and recognize saying, okay, I know this is where all the information is coming into the property, and I'm now honoring you, and I want you to help me. Then the land all around goes, wow, this—you know, they're dialed into us. They're going to take care of us. Yes, It's just like uh, you're back. Back behind your house was sort of a nightmare. Yeah. I, I had said, you know, based on where the Genesis point is, there's likely a, a huge rock ridge here, and everybody told both of us that we were nuts. Yep, and, nuts. And they drilled it all out, and now when I arrived today, there's the ledge. There it is, which everybody said didn't exist. Well, we're smart, mofo's. We knew.
0: Yep, we knew,
1: and you felt it. Well, there was, yeah, because it had a really high vibration, so it had to be rock. Yeah. It couldn't be dirt. Mm -hmm. Isn't that so
0: interesting? And now, I mean, like, my land is totally different, and my life is totally different, and thank you and Ginny for doing all that work. And I hope that by people listening to this podcast, they start to also recognize what they can actually do with you to make this happen, because let me tell you, it changed, it absolutely changed my life for the better in every way, shape, and form. So... Let's get into the nitty gritty with the Caballarian cycle. Just explain yep. a little bit to our listeners about the cycle. And then I want you just to take them kind of through it how we did it in a bitch's academy so that people can actually find their number. Yep. And then you can talk a little bit about, you know, the different phases and what to do with those phases.
1: Yeah. yeah the the uh philosophy. Um, comes out of I think it's Vancouver, Canada. Yes. And you just go to their website org. I think yes. it is. And uh, one thing is the name the name change they they'll do the mathematics of your name so you just type in your first name on their website and it will give you an entire readout. And um if you want to find something interesting type in uh from Ukraine, yes. type type in the leader of Ukraine's first name and then type in Vladimir for Vladimir Putin, uh, Zelensky's name and Putin's name. So just type in their first names in there and look at what it says. Really? it's it's Is it crazy? It's frightening, frighteningly <laughs> crazy <laughs> oh to God. see what those two names show up. Wow. So you can do this with everybody around you and everybody in your family and everything. But they came up with this nine-year cycle. I first was introduced to the Kabbalah. In 1976, I was a a house parent for, uh, like, stressed youth and uh, abused youth in Indiana. And my brother was living in San Francisco, and he had a friend that was at the Jewish Home for the Aged and knew that I was in group homes back in Indiana. And he called and said, you know, would you be interested in running a group home that we have here at the Jewish Home for the Aged? And I'm like, that's really weird because— Why would you have one there? Right. But it was an apartment complex called Pinecrest, which had 20 Holocaust survivors. Wow. All in their 70s and 80s. So that was the group home. So I went out there and spent uh, a little over a year, about 16 months, as a -a -a 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week, although we got off a little, little bit on the weekends. House parent for them. It's amazing. And the two men. There's another case where there were 18 women and two men, and the two men were Kabbalah people. So I was able to start studying the Kabbalah with them. So I knew it had l- a lot to do with geometry and math and everything, which really intrigued me. So the Kabbalarian cycle is a simple nine-year cycle, and we'll probably post the uh, PowerPoint that shows how yes. you find your cycle.
0: I'm going to post all this stuff. You're going everything that we're talking about today, yeah. guys, is going to be in the show notes. But
1: it's just the day and month of your ver of your birth. You know, ignore the year, so the day and month of your verse birth. So in my case, I was born on March the fifteenth. So I add the fifteenth, which is six, and the three is nine, and the nine disappears because it's zero. And then you take the current year, which is twenty twenty-two, and you have two plus two plus two is six, and you add one. You always add one. So I'm in the seventh year of a nine-year cycle. Wow. So the reason I moved to Maine, I moved it to Maine in the first year of my nine-year cycle to start a new nine-year cycle because I'd been in uh, North Carolina and I'd played out everything in Asheville, North Carolina, which is where everybody was trying to get to, for oddly enough. And I'd played out my nine years and I knew that that was the year to take the break. And then the other reason I knew was because I was 68 years old. So the second part of the number system is you do go by your year. Um, If you Google oldest person that ever lived, it's a, allegedly a woman who was 122 wow. and so many months old. And when you look at sacred numbers, there are Fibonacci numbers, which are a lot of people are familiar with. There are Lucas numbers, which are a variation of it, uh, where you start with 2134 instead of zero, one, one, two, three, And then I was the person that figured out that you could alternate those numbers and you would end up with the 110 hertz frequency, which is the voice of all the ancient traditions, Ooh, was 110 shells? hertz. That's awesome. So my my system, the RAIN set, <clears throat> was the one that determined that if you alternate those two numbers, <clears throat> you can get to 110. <clears throat> excuse me. And you can also get to 555, which is a fifth dimensional awareness. Which so, I talk a lot about on this podcast, yeah. by the way. So... You know, in in this case, you've got uh, Lucas numbers at like 13, 18, 29, 76, 47, you know, 123. Mm -hmm. You have Fibonacci numbers at... 21, 34, 55, 89. And the other thing that got me onto this was I noticed that a lot of, when I was reading obitu- obituaries, because I tend to do that because I think people have fascinating lives, Yes, a lot of the women were passing away at the age of 89 back when I started doing that, and the men were passing away at 76. Interesting. So 89 was the Fibonacci number and 76 was the Lucas number. Wow. So by backtracking through my life and the life of people I was talking to, at all these different points, there's more energy available to you. Mm-hmm. In, in the Fibonacci numbers, uh, which you'll see on this chart that you'll have on the PowerPoint uh, when you look at it, on the Fibonacci numbers, it tends to be more earth based energies. Yes, and something that's more. We're just. I'm just trying to be solid. I'm just trying to take care of myself. I'm trying to take care of just the fundamentals. Yes. The Lucas energy, when those years come up, you have more spiritual energy. So it's a time to look at the spiritual getting a spiritual boost. And then the rain sets are like transitional numbers. And so those will take you in between those two. So at 68 years old, that was a blended Fibonacci and Lucas number. So on my first year of my nine-year cycle, I was 68 years old. So I knew I had an amazing amount of energy coming into the system mathematically that I could take advantage of to go do something different. And 76 is when my nine-year cycle ends at 76, which is a spiritual number. So my theory was that from 68 to 76, if I made the move as it matched up with the Caballarian cycle, it would be a huge spiritual journey.
0: That's awesome.
1: Which I have two more years to go because <laughs> yeah. I was just 74 last month. And you're doing it. So it's it's just a way to... To look and quantify, quantify your life and see where you are energetically, to know when you have energy available and when you're going to have energy available, and <clears throat> if, it's, if for for kicks you can take you and your family and just make it like an Excel spreadsheet yes. and put their ages down there and go, what were you doing at thirteen? Well, people tend to be moving up to college, right. Age of twenty one, they might be graduating from uh, graduating from college or maybe getting married, Yes. 29 is a time when you might be thinking about leaving a job and going to another job. Mm -hmm. Uh, 55, you may be looking at retirement and and things like that. And it's just, it's just interesting the way it matches up when you go back and look at your entire life and put those years out. Knowing
0: what you know. Yeah. So in the Caballarian cycle, there's really three distinct cycles. So you have year one through three. Yeah.
1: One to three is like the setup where you're trying to figure out what you're going to be doing for the next three years and you're seeding it. You'll see this on the Cavalier website. They show a, a little tiny seed growing into something. Four, five, and six are when you're doing all of the work. And then seven, eight, and nine are when you reap what you've done in one, two, and three. So the idea between the first three years is to set yourself up for where you want to be in your seven, eight, and nine. Yes, And if you... You know, decide that this is not worth it or anything, and you just decide to go on like you are, in all likelihood, in your 7, 8, and 9, you'll still be going on all, right. all the same way. And you might be thinking, wow, I had that shot in this year one. When I was on that year one of my cycle, I was thinking about doing something totally different. And now looking back, I wish I would have yes. I would have done it then. And, and then and four, that's when you actually should have done it because right. that was when the math was there for you.
0: And in four, five, six is when you also are
1: tested. So yeah, it's like you, get, you for, get
0: fucked with a little bit.
1: From year four to like five and a half, I think it is, there's a a test period where it's testing uh, what you set up in years one, two, and three to make sure it was viable. Right. Um and Jenny compares it to the birth process. Yes. You have the first three months of a fetus yep. developing, and then the four, five, six, it's getting nourished and building up and everything. Mm-hmm. And then you have seven, eight, nine, which culminates in the birth of a kid. Yes. So it's the same thing. You've still got this, it's a nine-year cycle that goes from the micro to the macro. Yeah.
0: So like right now I'm in, my, I'm in nine. Yep. And all these people are coming to me with all this, like, let's do all this new stuff, and let's do this, and let's do that. And like, even though a lot of it's like really great opportunities, I'm just kind of like, yeah. I'm good. I'm, I'm like really happy where I am. No. And I thought I was just being a loser and a bum. But you're telling me, no, you're reaping your rewards right now. And yeah. then next year, and, you're going to want to. This
1: was probably way, way more than you thought it would be nine years ago when you started. <laughs> oh, this. Yes. And then we have some ideas of something that could move from what for you next year is number one. Yes. Where I'm I'm coming up on your eight next year and I'm reaping the rewards of what I'm doing uh, it's interesting now that I would be working with someone that's going to be in year one to help move that thing forward. Right. So that's... That's me. Yep.
0: Because next year I'm going to be in my year one. Yep. And that's the time where I should be planting all these seeds and starting to, like, come up with new ideas and kind of take yeah, little and leaps. take everything
1: you've learned from the previous nine-year cycle and then just tweak it just a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and expand the... Uh, your ability to uh, bring more awareness to people, yes, in a couple of different categories that you don't have in your little toolbox, right yes, now. and
0: that's where you come in, and Ginny comes in, and Krista comes and Krista in, Krista comes in, yeah. yeah. Well, which, by the way, guys, they're going to be on the podcast coming up too, so stay tuned for that. It's going to be amazing. So, have you seen a lot of people take this information from you and like change their whole lives?
1: Yeah, if they if they live by the math. Uh, Typically, things work out really well or they can say, you know, I thought I was going to do that. Then I decided I would wait. You know, things were just I got bogged down and I thought, OK, I can start that in two years. Yes. And by the the two years later, you're in year four of the cycle. And what you seeded was I can wait two years. Yes. From my from my years one and two. And mm-hmm. as soon as you as soon as you seed, I can't do this right now because I'm not ready I'll do it in a couple of years. That's what you seeded for your whole nine years. Yes, so,
0: so interesting. So you have also on my land. Well, we're going to do it today. We're going to build a labyrinth. Well, we're going to try.
1: Yeah, the la- <laughs> yeah, the labyrinth. Yeah, I, I've got uh, multiple powerpoints that I present uh, at the university and at different conferences and everything. Um, what what people forget is that in your ear is a labyrinth yes uh, the people
0: don't they don't know that yeah
1: they, they forget that everything everything that you hear and process filters through a labyrinth uh in your ears before it gets to your brain so uh having a labyrinth on the ground uh which doesn't have to be that big that i mean i've, I've put in labyrinths that are like 55 feet mm-hmm. but i've put in uh on the island of Orkney off the upper coast of Scotland. I love I put in one that was six feet wide that was right out on the edge where when the uh, tide is in, it's covered with water, and then the tide goes out and you're able to walk it. And at six feet wide. It has these little two-foot paths. And, you know, obviously you can walk it in like 30 seconds, but it's just the fact that it's there and it's on the land. And the the tide, you know, keeping with the tide and the rhythm of the oceans and mm-hmm. the rhythm of the cosmos and everything. Yes. So when they had me come up there, I I'd identified the spot, and they're they're like— Really here? There's not much room there. I <laughs> said, you don't need much room. And uh, the people—it's a, a at a bed and breakfast, and the people that, that come, they tell people, you know, there's a labyrinth back there. When the tide goes out, there'll be a labyrinth back there to walk. So cool. And people will go back, and, and sometimes they'll go back and watch the tide roll out, yes. and it gets past it, and they walk it. And they're picking up on the rhythm of the universe, just even in that little six foot spot.
0: Right. So you have multiple labyrinths on your land. I got two.
1: I have a, one of my patterns. Uh, I developed a pattern based on sacred geometry called the spiral onk. So I have one of my patterns on my ground, and then I also have the classical labyrinth, which is the seven circuit labyrinth that kind of looks like a brain map. If you I type love in that. like classical labyrinth pattern, it looks like a brain map. And uh, and you know, if you just type that in a any browser, you'll be able to see one. And then mine is uh, I've got a, two or three in New Hampshire, and then four in Maine, and I've I, all over the country too, and all over the world. Yeah, uh, that my pattern. I tend to put my pattern down just because it's based on the current frequency of right. the planet and everything. Mm-hmm. Mine, mine works the the frequency better because it balances the left and right brains.
0: So let's talk about that because I think people like they hear the word labyrinth and they think of like Alice in Wonderland or like things like that. They don't understand why people are using labyrinth in their spiritual awakenings or their rituals. So let's talk why a labyrinth is such an incredible
1: tool to have and to use. It's just, it's a good centering tool. And you're, you know, when you stand at the entrance of the labyrinth, you can see, you can see the center and the, <clears throat> excuse me and the idea is that you're you come up with some question or you come up with a thought or or something that you want to work with and then you step into the labyrinth and by the time you get to the center the everything should be in sync where you receive some kind of message and then you just cycle back out in the old days it was used um, some of the ancient traditions it was used for medical intuitive work so sometimes the way I use it uh especially on my table in my sacred room someone will lie there and i have medical charts on one side and all the ritual objects there's like 5 or 600 ritual objects in a room to work on people but um i have their head on a seven circuit labyrinth and as i drop them into the suspended animation field their brain is their brain is walking the brain map and it's uh picking up things on the wall on the in- medical intuitive charts or on the anatomy charts for there's an energy anomaly there. And what the healers would do in the ancient traditions were people would walk it and they would douse it and figure out what the anomaly was. And then they would put their cures or their treatments or their energetic adjustment and everything. They would drop it back in the path so that when the person walked back out, they would walk over that spot and it would balance everything. So interesting. Are you going to do this to me this weekend? On the table, yeah, yeah, you said you wanted to run the table. Run the table. I, I don't know what that means, but I'm going to run the yeah, table. It's, it's a massage. I have a massage table that's sitting in a room with uh, like 600 ritual objects, and there are anatomy charts on one side, and there are 70 purbas, which are these ritual daggers out of the Himalayas on the other side, and there's a mirror underneath the anatomy charts. There's a mirror underneath the purbas, and there's a mirror underneath the massage table, and it ends up being sort of like a CAT scan machine. So cool! And then at the end of it, um, there's a large circular mirror, uh, probably four feet across, and basically the person energetically lifts off the table and slides into the mirror, and then can time travel or go wherever you want to go. So, guys, if I if I don't come back <laughs> to do the podcast, you know that I'm in the like seventh dimension or some shit. Uh, uh, yeah, you'll probably be okay. <laughs> I don't do it very often. Uh, uh, People do fly in when there's a medical issue, and sometimes uh, you can do some of the work remotely. But it's better—it's better if somebody actually comes and yes. is on the table so that everything can work on them better.
0: So if you—so if you're listening to this and you're like, "I need to get me some of that, get me on that table," you can actually reach out to Kalen and you—they can come to your sacred space just, and you yeah, can do the work I, on them. Just
1: don't do it very often because it takes a lot of energy. A lot of energy. Yes, I—I yeah. I
0: won't hurt you too bad. Jenny
1: Gin, would prefer I don't do it I don't, at all. I don't—I don't, I don't do that very often. <laughs> <laughs> which I don't, and it's... Uh,
0: well, I think that sometimes people don't realize that when you're doing this kind of healing work, how much energy it can take from you, even if you do do all the things, you protect yourself, you, you know, do all that, but it's still, you're putting out a lot of energy to do this work.
1: Yeah, but then I've, I've also generated quite a number of altars over the year with specific people. People came with a specific anomaly, and once I figured out what uh, ritual objects were called in by the person because basically everybody heals themselves so it's just having access to the tools that I have that they can call in they call in whatever they call in but if somebody comes because they have a kidney issue or something right. and I can figure out which of the ritual objects were called in by the person and they had a successful healing as a part of it then I can I design altars and I could just uh, message them to people through so awesome. WhatsApp or just like a regular text message. Yes. So when someone calls and says, I have migraines, I can have them just lay down on the floor wherever they're at and then send them the altar. So cool. On, on the phone and just say, just, you know, lay next to this or just focus on this for a few minutes and that should relieve the migraine. Wow. That's uh, and so sometime, amazing. And sometimes it works, it, but again they're the ones doing the healing. Yes.
0: Yes. That's yeah. right. And I think that people have to understand that because they think that the healer is the one that's doing yeah. the healing, but they're just facilitating the energy.
1: No, but that's why the the altar that I'm that I'm furnishing does nothing more than just allow someone to focus. Yes. Because by focusing on the altar, it it lets them remove everything that's the hindrance to them sort of healing themselves. Yes,
0: yes. All right, can we like break off for a second and talk about something really weird? (laughs) Not that any of this wasn't weird, Kaelin, by the way. Let's talk about our angels that came to the house and what we did. Remember when we were doing all the stuff with the Buddha and the Black Madonna and we did all that crazy work? And then all of a sudden I'm like, um, Kaelin, by the way, guys, I will post these uh, pictures and you will shit a purple Twinkie. (laughs) Some of you guys have already seen them. But Kaelin and I did some work. Well, Kaelin did the work and I just watched him because... I don't know what the hell he's doing, but it's fucking cool as shit. And he brought uh, a black Madonna that was from the 17th century.
1: 17th century uh, black Madonna from a it was a, in a church, a church. Where church of some kind. And, uh, the theory was it was from Bavaria, and it was rescued during the Second World War and taken to Portugal. Yes, and uh, ended up in somebody's home in Portugal for 70 years. And the the family came to take the parents back to Germany to take care of them, and called the antique guy and said come in and take everything in the house and he was kind of shocked that they said everything in the house because oh he knew what he had right and uh, it ended up in this Catholic antique store and, the, in, and you went in in downtown Lisbon Yep, and I was the first person that had walked in in five months that knew what it was oh my god everybody he said everybody has just come in and walked right by her and I walked right up to her, and he just said, she's very rare. Yeah. And I said, really? I, You know, I teach Black Madonna at Shark, the Shark Cathedral, where yes. the famous Black Madonna is. I said, yes. teach, I take energetic classes and things about the Black Madonna. Yeah. So we entered into a negotiation on the price, <laughs> uh, which involved me saying that Jenny needed a new set of tires for her car, <laughs> and she was afraid I wouldn't buy them if <laughs> I bought it. And he said, well, I, say I can take a little bit off of it. So we ended up getting a fairly good price, which included the shipping. And, he, and you brought her to my house. Yeah, I brought her to the house. She was with, incredible. With my Buddha. Yes. But but you were going through something at one point, and you posted something about uh, having a miserable day. I forget what it was. Yes. And, and my determination was that you were trying to call in some angels to help you. So I just, uh, I think I set you a, an altar of you some did. kind. You did. And opened up a small portal on the land, just tweaked the frequency a little bit, and I think it was Matt that went out in the front yard and turned around and there was a. Two angels. One was like a seraphim. Angel on top of the house. Yeah, there was a, a
0: huge seraphim, cherubim, whatever, on top of the house. And then there was also one that was like in a full robe, feet. Yep. You could see their wings, the whole nine yards. And like I said, guys, I'm, I have the pictures. And I'm going to show you because this stuff is real. And w- after that day, my whole life changed. It like I up leveled yeah. by frequency.
1: Yeah, it's, it's literally a guardian angel. But again, you're the one that called it in because you had access to it, and it was it was trying to get there, and it was just a, it was just a matter of uh, I call it the fabric of the universe kind of thing where you just tweak the frequency just a hair yes. that you were able to initiate the the download, for lack of a better word. So and cool, she, she was able to drop in.
0: So. I want you just to wrap this up and tell people how important it is right now, because we've talked about this all the time, how important it is for everyone all across the globe to really get in touch with nature, because this is one of the biggest things that you lecture about, you talk about, and you believe. And I don't think that enough people are really getting out there and doing their nature work the way that God intended us to do and the universe intended us to.
1: Yeah, we've got uh, Laura, one of my students from Portugal, and I formed a... You know, I, of all the weird thing, all the weird things that uh, <laughs> websites and everything that everybody had, <clears throat> I'm the one that got sacredlandscapes.com. Yes, like 15 or 18 years ago, I was in in New Jersey with someone at two o'clock in the morning, and we were thinking about this. And I said, I should just get sacredlandscapes.com, and we were like, like that's going to be available. And I went in and it was available. Holy shit. And then I was sitting with Laura one time and I said, why don't we just, all the people that we know that do all of this kind of interesting things, we should, you know, we're actually earth shamans, which I don't really like the word shaman, but we're actually earth shamans. Yes. Why don't we just get earth shamans.com? Yes. And we were just laughing because like, that's going to be available. And it was. And it was. So we have earth shamans.com and sacred landscapes.com. So the forest bathing is the latest Thing for lack of a better word, even though it's been around forever, uh, and it it came about in the nineteen eighties when I was studying in Japan, and I I was at this one temple, and you know everybody's sitting in the in their robes on the floor, in are in the right position, and they're doing the meditation and everything, and this one temple I went to, you know, they said okay it's it's time for the walk, and everybody <laughs> just went out and walked through the yes. woods. At the monastery, Ugh. and I'm like, I don't, you know, this is this is different. I don't understand what this. What the hell are we doing? And they're like, no, everybody needs to get in touch with nature, and they called it uh, shinrin yoku, which was just like walking in the woods. Yes, and so I'd been I've been working on those and designing trails and everything for like 30 years, uh, going through the woods. You know, you can douse a path through a woods. Uh, I just did one at Broughton Hall in the UK, and. All of a sudden, it became a thing where it was forest bathing, and they're offering training on it. Yes, and I, I keep seeing interviews. We were in North Carolina, and it says forest bathing has come to North Carolina to Asheville, and then we moved to Maine, and it was like forest bathing has come to Maine, (laughs) and it's 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 coming everywhere. Yes, and uh, one of the stories, one in Asheville, was a woman who was twenty years old, and she had got certified in forest bathing, and she said, "I think this is a really good way because I can bring all of my life experience." To bear and ex- with people out in the woods, yes. and I'm thinking, okay, you're 20, and you're bringing all of your life experience <laughs> to the people, which is really good. But I'm thinking, it's been around for like 30 some years, yes, and uh, a lot of people are just afraid to go out in nature. Yeah.
0: So I, well, we're so removed from it, we don't even think about. Oh, I have this beautiful yeah.
1: forest behind me. Why don't I go out and just walk in, like hug a tree? They yeah. call us hippies. But and the advantage I have is that I can douse Google Earth maps because I we have a Google Earth application that has all of the energy lines around the planet, and I can actually if somebody sends me their property, and I can figure out the delineation of the property. I can actually do a like a winding path through their property that should land on all of the the really good spots through a woods energetically, which I've done even for one of your yeah one of your uh, ambitious people yes. So it's just. It's just really important to get out into nature, and uh, you know, they, they used to laugh about hugging a tree. But if you can find a tree and you know ask permission and just sit down with your back to the tree, um, it's the same thing as finding the genesis point on the property. Yes, you just yes. need to you need to be aware of your surroundings, literally and figuratively and physically. Yes, uh, and don't ignore stones and trees and everything on your property because they're living creatures who know way more than you do because they've likely been around a lot longer. Hell yeah,
0: absolutely. And yeah. every time that I'm feeling stressed or ang- anxious or I'm searching for an answer to a question that I'm kind of just grappling with, every time I think about you, I go out in the backyard and I go by the stream and I yeah. do what you tell me to do and all of a sudden it's the craziest thing, but I know you're going to say it's not crazy. All the answers to my questions just come, like, instantly through divine intelligence. But you told me, and I thought it was so interesting, how, you know, the trees are all talking to us all the time.
1: Yeah, I did a, a property in upstate New York and opened up opened up the land and everything. And uh, at the request of the female spouse, obviously, and the male who was from, uh, I think it was German. Mm-hmm. And uh, he came back in after it was done, and he said... I went for my walk this morning and all the trees are looking at me now. And I said, they've always been looking at you ever since you bought this property, yes. like 15 years ago. You just never, you never knew that they were looking at you. He said, it makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> you know, knowing that. now that I'm walking through the woods and I'm walking with these living creatures. Yes. And it's just, you know, some people get thrown off by it, but uh, I love they're that. just there to help. But we have to ask for their help. Yeah, you need to ask for the help. That's it, it's the same thing with anything, Uh, right? It's like you know, people think I do all this amazing healing, and I don't. All I do is just open up these little weird portals that allow people to go in and heal themselves because that's
0: that's what we're that's what we all should have been taught to do. But we've been so removed from the ancient culture that we've just lost it.
1: It's just like doing the I mean, I know we're going to do the feng shui on your uh on your commercial space, yes, where we're going to start having classes and things and it's it's just important that um you know I, we've always said that you know you can go to a psychiatrist three times a week f- for thirty years, and it won't do you much good if you walk right back into a what we call a feng shui nightmare, yes um and the energetics of the home and sometimes you find really weird things when you're looking at the at the feng shui of a home you know i can we can work remotely uh just off of the floor plans and everything and we did a house in portugal and i had said you know there's a weird energy in this one spot here and there's a really bad energy in this one spot over there and we and they never the people couldn't figure it out so we were over there like 3 months later and we went to the house and i went back into the one corner where th- there'd been a negative spin and there was a uh, loaded shotgun sitting there oh hello that and then we went to the other place <laughs> and there wasn't There was a dresser sitting there and it didn't, there was nothing on the dresser that was apparent. And I said, what's behind the dresser? And the woman said, that's the garage. Okay. And I said, okay, can we move the dresser? And we pulled the dresser away and there was like a six inch hole in the wall. Oh, shit. Straight into the garage that was lined up with the exhaust pipe on the car.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: And every time they started (laughs) the car or pulled into the garage, there was this little shot of. Oh, my God. Carbon monoxide. Holy shit. That came into the house. And you found this just because you were dowsing? Yeah. Wow. Because there was a negative spot there. The one Last week, there was one in Maine where the people called, and I'd done their property, and I'd said, there's a negative spin over here. Mm -hmm. And the woman sent me the stuff back, and she said, we went over and looked at that little ledge area where the negative spin was, and we didn't see anything. And so I sent back, I said, that's okay. It was probably some animal that fell off Mm. at some time in the night or anything. And then she sent back and she said, wow, I hadn't thought of telling you that when we originally bought the property and walked over beneath that ledge on another ledge was a dead animal.
0: <gasps> no and, way.
1: And she said, I probably should have told you that earlier. And I said, well, that explains yes. why that negative spot was there. Yes. This is so interesting. Yep. Kalen, thank you so much yep. for being
0: on the Ambitious Podcast. Cool. I appreciate you. Um, people can follow you on Instagram at earthshaman.com. Kaylin. I think it's Earth
1: and Kayla. It is. We're, that go- one.
0: we're going to link it in the show notes and we're going to also link your website so if you want to hire Kaylin and Ginny who's going to be coming on the podcast next week they will do it remotely, they will come to your home if you're in a certain vicinity, but you can do it remotely.
1: Yeah, we we, we yeah, especially since uh we used to do uh I think it was twenty-five years ago we started doing phone shui, P H O N e Shui. Yes. Because people would want to work with us and, and that's way before Yeah, all this stuff. Zoom all and the, this all and this fancy Zoom and yep. internet and FaceTime and all that. Because now we can have people with their iPods that yeah. just walk through the house. Yeah, and
0: show you and the show videos everything. of everything.
1: Oh, oh, that's so easy. That's awesome. But at a minimum, you know, if you don't if you don't want to do anything else. Go to the Caballarian site and figure out what year you're in and all your cycles.
0: Yes, and your family and people that yeah. you live with, and
1: people you work with.
0: Oh, that's I and never you thought can see where either. you know
1: if some somebody at your work is driving you crazy, it could be because they're in the eighth or ninth year of a cycle. Yeah. and they're thinking I want to, I, I want to move. Yes, and uh, some of the companies that we work with find out which employees are. Like looking elsewhere.
0: Interesting. And when they
1: hire people, they hire people that are in their first or second year instead wow. of their eighth or ninth year. Yeah,
0: because they're going to do a, a year and then they're going to go buy. Yeah. So
1: when you read, you know, you read about these companies where. So and so was only there two years and left. And I'll do the math on it because I'll Google them and see what it had going. Okay. Well, you hired them in your eight of their nine year cycle. Yes. How interesting. So you were the culmination of their road to get to where they could jump to that next job. Yes.
0: Yes. Oh, so you guys, this, (laughs) Kaylin, my mind is still blowing up every time you speak. It's like every time that we talk, it's like you just educate me and empower me even more. And I know that by working with Kaylin and Ginny, they are going to change your lives. And like I said, as soon as I started working with them, within a year, I doubled my income and we changed the whole energy of our land, our home, our businesses, our happiness, our joy, everything. And I did nothing differently other than work with this incredible husband and wife team, um, thank you for being on here. I appreciate it because I know you're a busy guy.
1: Thank you for playing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Anytime. All right, guys, check out his website. And if you have any questions for Kalen, he's so cool. Just email him and he's more than you know yep. open to answer any of your questions. And um, I don't know what else to say, but this was an incredible, incredible opportunity to speak with someone like Kalen. And in the meantime, don't forget to stay ambitious.